Hello, and welcome to the Casual Author Podcast. I'm Dan, host and independent author of sci-fi and fantasy books, father of five, full-time worker, homesteader, and a man of many other responsibilities. I'm here to talk to you about what it's like to be an author, how we can prioritize and be productive, and how we can be encouraged to know that despite our busyness, we can still make the best of our authoring. To learn more about me, my books, or access the podcast show notes, head to dankenner.com slash podcast. Let's get started. Hello, this is Daniel, the host of The Casual Author, and I'm excited to be with you here today. It is Monday, February 7th, 2022, as we're recording this, um, which is crazy that the, the month of January is gone, um, and here we are in February. I feel like this year is going to fly by before um, I even know it. Today, I am talking to Kim Monson about cover design. Um, as I was thinking about who I'd like to have on this podcast, uh, I, I realized there's a lot of different aspects of publishing, such as editing and cover design and formatting and all these other things. And so I figured it would be great to get some insights from an actual cover designer, cover artist, to see uh, what her th- thoughts are on publishing um, and her journey specifically. So stick around for that part of the podcast where we go through the interview. So in personal news, um, admittedly, this week hasn't been, it's been relatively low key from a homesteading standpoint. Um, not a lot going on. We're just still just maintaining through the winter, although we did confirm that we do have a rooster. So uh, that's kind of exciting. Actually, we were hoping we would get one. When we purchased our meat chicks last year. Uh, we were given uh, two free chicks, just a random chick. We weren't told what, what they kind they were what breed or anything, or whether or not they were hens or roosters. So we're just kind of waiting until they grew up. Um, One of them happened to be a hen, and this one turns out to be a rooster. Uh, Poor little guy had a rough go. Um, Chickens are mean. If you know anything about chickens, uh, you know that if you put a smaller chicken in with um, ones that have already grown up together, they're just nasty, and they just pick on them. Obviously, there's a pecking order. So we had to pretty much keep him safe until he got big enough. Now he's bigger than the other chickens, um, not bullying them or anything, but he's definitely higher in the order now that he is a full-grown rooster. So he found his voice a couple days ago, which was great. We That confirmed that he is a rooster. We assumed he was based on the coloring of his feathers and how his feathers look and everything, but he started crowing, which is great. Um, so the reason that's exciting is we've been talking about breeding our chickens and actually brood, um, hatching our own eggs, which is, you know, it kind of came up. I feel like a lot of what we do with our homestead just kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, but we're going to get a brooder here probably in the next year or so and plan on growing our own chickens which should be fun. Whether that will actually cultivate into a business where we sell the chicks, I don't know, but we'll at least grow our own so that we don't have to ship them in from another state. I mean, it's relatively convenient to do that. It's not overly expensive, but we'd like to create our own self-sustaining ecosystem and that would add to that, right? Being able to um, grow our own chickens for meat and laying. So we're going to get a combination bird probably at some point, 
but we'd like to test brooding uh, the eggs first to see if we're able to hatch them, just see how difficult it is. So anyway, that's, that's kind of far out. But anyway, the, the existence of the rooster is an exciting thing. So that's um, a little bit of an update on the homestead front. It's also getting a little bit warmer. Um, now, some of you that are listening may think that 20 degree weather is not warm. But for here, it's been negatives, single digits for quite a while. And it's nice to see some upper 20s, low 30s in the future, near future, which is something that, you know, We've I've become so accustomed to the cold that the 20s and 30s temperatures feel so warm. <laughs> so it's funny how our bodies change that way. Um, but yeah, that's that's it on the, the homestead. We'll have more information probably next week. And as the, the goats continue to um, grow their babies, we'll be having kidding information in the next couple months, which should be fun to talk about. In terms of uh, authoring news, also a little bit slower on that front, although I have been writing quite quickly recently because I'm nearing the end of the Ascended first draft, which is, I mean, it's about time. I've been working on this book for a while. Um, We are up near around 170,000 words, which I've talked about this before, really unexpected, but hopefully I'll be able to wrap that up in the next few days, at least by the next podcast episode. So, That would be great. Once I get to that point, I will be sending out information about the new cover um, and beginning on a a novella, which I will be creating uh, for free. I'll be giving that away for free on my website for people to join my email list. And uh, yeah, that's that's currently the plan. So really excited to get this book out of the way. I say that in in a non-negative way. I've really enjoyed The Light Bearer Chronicles. Uh, It's about ready to figure out how it all wraps up and ends. Um, because, you know, it's just about time. Uh, I, I know how it's going to end. A lot of things have really um, solidified in my brain as I've written these last few chapters, and I really think that I've got the ending. I'll probably need to tweak it a little bit in edit versions when I'm going through edits, but at least I have the ending, and I'll be writing that all, finishing it within the next week. So, yeah, crossing my fingers. That's done next week. That will be great. Now, um... I, you know, I wish I had more author news. I feel like I, I should, but just getting this book written is uh, kind of in the way of me working on a lot of other things. So once it's set aside, then I'll be able to ramp up a lot of my other author business things, which should be great. We will go ahead and shift over to the interview portion of the podcast. Kim Monson is the spouse to John Monson, who I interviewed previously, and she is the one who did the covers for his books, as well as other books for some close relatives and friends. Hey, Kim, how are you? Hey, Dan, I'm doing so good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so thrilled to have you. I was actually thinking about the various um, people that I can have on my podcast, and I hadn't thought much about people that are related to author work, but aren't actual authors themselves, such as editors and cover artists, which is what you do, at least you've done historically for uh, at least your husband's books, right? Right, right. I've also uh, done, I've like in the process of working on a couple other people's too. Oh, awesome. Okay. How are those going so far? Um, uh, it depends on the day. So I just barely, um, one of them just launched, um, Obelisk by Rachel Lynn Flewellen. Um, and that's kind of like a sci-fi dystopian. Um, so that one's done. Um, but she's already got another book that she's wanting a cover for. Uh, so we're kind of in the process of talking about that and, 
kind of the very, very beginning stages of that one. And then I'm working on another one called Life Real, which is um, a YA fantasy. Um, and that one has been giving me a little bit of heartburn, honestly, <laughs> but, um, but I love it. I still love it. Um, but there's just some days it's, this one has been a little bit more of an up and down, a little bit more challenging for me with the level of skills that I feel like I'm at. I've kind of hit, hit some walls along the way as I'm learning that I still have a lot of learning to do. Well, I mean, I've worked with Photoshop type systems and I'm not an artist at all. And I feel like they're just, they're not unnecessarily complex. They, they need to be complex, but for some right. reason, I just cannot wrap my my mind around the way they work. So I'm impressed already that you can <laughs> even do anything and make it look good. So yeah, thank you. That's nice. I commend yeah. you on that. But um, I mean, you mentioned you talked a little bit about your skill and you feel like you're still learning something. So how long have you been working in the digital art space for covers and other digital art forms? Uh, not very long. I feel like I have, I, I, people would consider me like that. I've been an artist my whole life. I've done a lot of art and I I've had a very kind of roundabout windy, weird, creative road my whole mm-hmm. life where I've tried a lot of things. So I, I did do, um, fine art in college. That was okay. my degree. Um, but I, I have had a lot of resistance towards digital art. I was like, no, I don't like, I don't like working on computers. I don't like digital art in my mind. I had it that it was like, not like real art. Mm, I don't, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like that was a little bit of family background kind of pushing that. And that's fair. Um, I feel like there was, there's quite a few reasons that I had told myself I didn't like digital art, but it wasn't until my husband started writing books and he needed a cover. And he's like, will you do my book cover? I'm like, yes, I love books. I love book covers. I love just going to Barnes and Noble or going to the library and just perusing the books and just looking at the covers. It's something I've always really liked and found therapeutic. And so I was super excited about it. But as I got into the process, I started realizing that I couldn't do it with just traditional media, that that was just not going to work. And so that's when I got into digital art and it was, it was more of a transition than I was expecting. And so it's, it's been a journey for sure, but I'm starting to really, really love it. It's been really fun. So So, just a few years, I don't know if I ever answered your question all the way. Oh, I I guess I hadn't even realized that. I mean, you kind of did, but I had, I realized there was no timeline, but a couple of years or a few years. Just a couple of years. Yeah. Not very long. That's awesome. So this is an interesting question. I'm not even sure how to frame it, but what comes to mind is, is the creative process that you have when fine art versus digital art significantly different? Or do you feel like they're relatively similar when you're like coming up with it and and putting it together piece by piece? Like, are they very different? Very different. And I'm, I'm having to, I'm learning my style with digital better as I'm accepting the fact that I draw differently with digital than I do with like paper and pencil, like with paper and pencil, pencil, I'm very meticulous, very, um, kind of, I don't know, more calm with it, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but with digital art, I find myself getting really tense if I try to get too detail oriented too quickly. And so I feel like the process has been completely different. It's been so much more, it's honestly been very freeing because, um, art can be kind of anxiety inducing when you get to a point where you like your drawing, Mm -hmm. you know where you want it to go, but you don't want to try and push it because then it'll be ruined forever. And with digital art, I can just put on a new layer. I can try something new. I can switch color. I can give somebody blue hair just for the fun of it. 
and it's not going to like ruin my picture. I can, so it's been a very different process. And as I've come to accept that my art is going to look different than I expected with digital art, um, I'm finding myself having more and more fun and finding my style a little bit better, a little bit easier. Does that make sense? It does. It totally makes sense. And I'm sure there are some artists listening that are just laughing in their seats right now. They asking if there are different processes. I, I don't do art like caveat. I'm not an artist. I never have been. I'm no, colorblind, fine, yeah. which is one thing, right? Trying to do art as a colorblind person, probably not ideal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm always fascinated by artists and cover artists specifically because um, you have to get so, a very specific like feel for the, this it, like really long manuscript and you have to capture right. as much as you can in such a small image and such a small piece of art, which is so amazing. Um, but every time I've worked with a cover artist, I'm always massively impressed with their creativity and their foresight with such a little detail that I give them. So mm-hmm. I'm always impressed. Uh, but within the digital space, probably specifically the cover art space, you have a particular favorite part of the creation process for cover art? Yeah. I like, I feel like, um, my favorite part, I guess I have two favorite parts. I okay. love the brainstorming process. Oh, I love, okay. I love coming up with ideas. I love coming up with color schemes. I love the starting out the unlimited possibilities. And I love, um, just, I, I do a lot of thumbnails. I do a lot of working with my clients about what, I don't know what, what is, if they give their book three words for a feeling, right? Is it exciting? Is it romantic? Is it spooky? Is it, you know, like what are some descriptive words you would give it? And, and we go with color schemes based off of that. And I, I just love, I love the unlimited possibilities right at the beginning and then kind of trying to narrow it down from there. Um, and then obviously I love the part at the end where we've, I, where you've been trying different things. A lot of times I, I go a couple different routes and kind of see if it feels like the right feeling. So I end up having usually like two or three minimum rough drafts, right? Um, I try different avenues. And when I finally get to an avenue where I get to a point where I'm like, wait, this is actually working. And that moment of, Hey, this is working out and this is looking really cool. And I'm really excited about this. And I think they're going to really like this. This finally fits that moment, even before it's all the way done. It's not that point where it's finished. It's that moment where you realize that this is going to, this is the Avenue that's going to work. This is the Avenue that really captures the feeling of the book with that one image. That's I, that's my favorite part for sure. I think that's, that's really interesting. I can totally understand why that would be a really satisfying part of it because it's like finding the, the, the path to satisfaction, so to speak, in terms of what the cover art should look like. Right. Um, I imagine it's probably similar to writing a book, you know, I, you know, I'm a pantser or or a discovery writer, so to speak. So, you know, there are points where I'm like, Oh wow, like that's surprising, but it actually works. So I imagine that's probably similar, at least for me, I know every author has their own favorite parts of it, but I, so this is so fascinating. The whole cover art thing. I've always been interested in it um, because it's just way out of the realm of my skill set. But where do you find inspiration for covers? Like, what do you do to even come up with ideas? You look at book covers all over the place to get ideas. Like, I do. Curious. Yeah. Okay. I, I totally do. So, like, obviously, like, I work with like the client a lot. Like, my right. husband John. Okay. Like, 
we're talking constantly about book covers and especially because I'm kind of wanting to redo his original series. Right. So we've been talking about like different scenes or like even just like, yeah, we've just been talking a lot about different, different options for the covers. Um, but I spend a lot of time on Pinterest looking at book covers and mm-hmm. I look at even just like other artists. I look at artists like fantasy art. Um, if you just like type in fantasy art on Pinterest, there's some really, really cool stuff. Interesting. Um, so I make sure I look within kind of that genre. Like if with obelisk, that was kind of a sci-fi dystopian. So we kind of looked at some more gritty art. We've been, we were looking at dystopian art. We were looking at uh, sci-fi books and sci-fi art and um, kind of working together about like, okay, this is, this is the right feeling or that's a little bit too clean or that's a little too gritty. Mm. And I actually make um, a secret Pinterest board um, for each book where it's like, okay, these are the right feeling. This is the right colors. Um, These are book covers that are really inspiring to us. And here's why. And so we kind of categorize different things that we just find images. And sometimes they're totally irrelevant images where it's just like, here's some spooky trees or here's like this like person like with magic and very, very rarely do I actually use those actual images in like as references for the book cover, but it just kind of gets your brain working and get some ideas flowing and kind of gets you that, that momentum going. Yep. That concept makes a lot of sense to me from a visual perspective. I mean, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time looking at book cover. I guess I did a little bit when I worked with my cover artist because I was trying mm. to get an idea of like, I wasn't thinking that's a really good idea to think about like feel what, what do you want people to feel when they're looking at this book, like dark right. light type theme. So I should probably spend more time doing that. But, you know, it, it, I guess for me, when I think about writing, you know, I've read a lot of books um, and when I need inspiration, I get a lot of that from music and I just let my imagination create stories, just creating random right. stories that won't go anywhere. So I, I totally get that. Yeah. But this is kind of a, an off the cuff question, but do you read the book before you write, make the cover for it? And probably with John's books. Yes. Yes, for sure. But with um, the other books, like, did you read the books prior to working on the cover or is that not um, part of your process? It needs to be part of my process. It's kind of tricky right now with how little time I have mm-hmm. with being a mom with two young kids. Yes. Um, life, you know, you've got yes. five. And mm-hmm. so um, it's, so I've read both of, so I'm for life around obelisk. I've read quite a few chapters of both of them, just at least to get a feel for the characters and understand the characters. But with how little time I have, I do end up spending a little bit more time working with and talking directly to these authors Mm -hmm. than I do in their books Mm -hmm. um, because they understand their book more than uh, I do from what time I have to read them. And so I ask them a lot of questions and I, I ask them like, even like kind of questions that would seem irrelevant, but like what is your character scared of and what does your character, um, what does, what makes her cry, especially with life real. Um, it's a very emotional book. Um, a very, um, it's, it's going to be a very beautiful book. I'm excited to see, um, to read it when it's done, but it's, it's very much about this, this girl's journey and, um, dealing with narcissistic abuse and, and, learning to embrace herself and embrace her fears and embrace her own 
inner fire, right? And so like I've asked Chelsea a lot about this character because she's going to be on the front of the cover. And so more than anything, I want to understand the feeling and the journey that she goes through and and try and get that feeling on the cover with an with a single image, right? Like I want to create an emotional connection with one image. I think it's the most important thing because if you look at a cover and get an emotional connection right away, you're going to pick it up, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to, you're going to want to look at it, even if it's a beautiful cover, but if you don't get a feeling for it, you might not pick it up and look in it. Mm-hmm. And so, so I, I do read them with John. Um, he actually reads to me while oh. I'm working on art. Nice. Uh, because I just, I just don't have time to read very much. So he, I've actually never beta read his books. He's read them out loud to me. He's beta read them. To yeah. You. He's beta read them <laughs> to me. Right. Um, so, so yeah, for, for now I, I read a little bit of them, but I do a lot of conversations with the author. I think that's awesome. Like, I don't think there should be an expectation for the cover artist to read. I was just curious if that was part of your personal process. Oh, uh, well, and I because, feel like, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, it sounds like you'd like to. Yes. And I feel point. like it would be important as a cover artist to read the whole book. I, mm-hmm. I see that there would be a lot of value in that, that um, it would be easy as the author of your own book to get like kind of um, pigeonholed or kind of put yourself in a box of what you think the cover should look like. Yep. Or as a designer, I might have some different ideas that might be a little bit better or might kind of fit the genre a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so there might be some more collaboration that would happen if I was able to read the full book. Mm-hmm. I, think that there, I think that there would be a lot of value in that. So I, I kind of, I kind of hurt, like beat myself up a little bit that I haven't finished reading either of their books. Um, but, but this, this is working and they're both happy with their covers. So that's, that's what was really important at the end of the day. Right. Absolutely. And I don't think it's a requirement. The cover artist I work with has not, as far as I know, read my books. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> we, oh, really? Yeah. But he, when I've worked with him, um, he's done an incredible job of taking what I've described, what I've imagined and making it not what I said. Cause like what right. I mean by that is just making it better. Cause I don't have a designer's brain and right. he does. And so with each description that I gave, he would give kind of like a rough sketch of this is an idea. And I was like, that is not at all what I envisioned. It's better. Like it's just way better than I yeah. imagined it. Um, and it happened every time. So I love that. It's, it's, it's just a, it's cool to work with people who have those skills. Cause yeah, I, I worked with um, just a little bit of a background. I, I recovered Awakened and Transformed. The prior covers were okay. Um, I worked with non-actual cover artists, just artists, and, and they, yeah. they were cool pieces of art. However, they literally did exactly as I described. And the mm. difference is like, yeah, I'm the author, right? Like you don't want me trying to figure out the best way to make my cover. Like I'm not going to be, some people are skilled at that. Perhaps some authors are, but I'm not a designer. And so I appreciated right. that when I recover them, the designer took the liberty of saying, well, like here's, I have art skills. I have design skills. I'm going to add a lot of flair and add additional context that you may or may not have given me. Of course he checked with me first, but he hit everything right on the spot with what he right. came up with. And I just appreciate that designers have that skill. So yeah. um, I just think it's great. It's amazing. Yep. That's what we're for. That's what, and that's what we love. You know, I love mm-hmm. when people come up with this idea and, and that happens a lot for, for me too, where they come up with this idea, they come to me with something. I'm like, okay, that's great. Let's build on it because, mm-hmm. because I know what I'm capable of. I kind of know 
what book covers are supposed to look like and, 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 and together you find, you find the right thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Definitely has to be a team effort. Mm-hmm. So I agree with that. Now this one, th- this probably doesn't have a, a really clear answer, but on average, how long does it take for one cover? I know this is hard because probably each cover, you can have one that takes weeks and one that probably takes months, right? right. I, I mean, it's hard to say, but with the, the process, how long does this design put together process go for a cover? Um, for me, it's like way too long because, okay. <laughs> especially because I feel like I'm very much still learning. This is sure I, that's fair. In my career as, as a book cover artist, I, I'm fairly new at this, um, and so I do a lot of ex, like exploring, which we've talked about a little bit um, for the final air for my husband John's um, latest book, the final air there are so many different versions, so many different avenues I took. Um, I think, I think last time I counted, there were over 10 different versions that I, and that's, and that's like totally new concepts. Like within mm-hmm. that, there were different versions of where I flipped that person to that side and I rearranged this or I moved the colors or I added clouds, you know, so within that there were even more versions. Um, so like the cover for the final air took me months and months and mm-hmm. months um, just because I was putting so much pressure on myself and because the book was still not finished. And so John was so patient with me because even though his book wasn't done and there were quite a few big changes that happened in the process, um, he let me keep trying to make cover art for him uh, for an unfinished book, which was good because I got a lot of practice along the way. Um, for obelisk, it didn't take as long. It just took, um, a a couple, I would say maybe from brainstorming process to finished, um, I don't know, maybe three months, but there was quite a bit of brainstorming. I, the brainstorming process takes a long time for me. Um, again, with not having a whole lot of time to do this right now. Um, but also I think that there's just a lot of a lot of options and you kind of have to sift through and figure it out. Um, so I think for me right now, it takes me a little bit longer than I hope in the future it'll take, mm-hmm. but, um, but I, w- I would say a couple months um, from finding the right um, kind of the right idea to finishing and having it all the way polished. Once I found the, f- the right idea for the final air, um, the illustration itself only took me um maybe a couple of weeks of only having maybe an hour or two in the evenings to work on it. Um, so I don't know. I think that's great. I mean, like I said, I have no concept of time when it comes to creating art because right. writing a book is just a, a different thing. They're both yeah. challenging, just completely in different ways. Uh, but it is fascinating to know. I mean, obviously life circumstances can often disturb the efficiency of something like this. I right. mean, I don't write books as fast as I'd like to because kids and homestead goats and all sorts of other things, full-time job. Right. But or I, sickness. Know, we've or we've sickness. been sick a lot this year. Uh, and, yeah. You know. It's definitely a couple of the editing processes were disturbed by COVID. So yeah, I mm-hmm. totally get that. Um, at least with my authoring, but it's still interesting um, to know that, I mean, even if you had full time to work on this, I would imagine it still takes um, perhaps not the same number of days and months, but at perhaps the same number of hours. Right. You can just squish those hours into various days. So the, the yes. creation process for something so 
small, right? I mean, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a small piece of art on a five by eight book can be, can just take so long. So you just want to get it right. Yes. It's it can just, take a long time. It's cool to think about that. Um, it's good that a lot of work goes into it though. So this one, this is a little tricky to ask because you've, you've only done a few book covers, probably right. primarily for fantasy. And it sounds like sci-fi dystopian. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a preference well, so I'll ask, I'll ask two questions. And if you don't have an answer to one of them, you, you can pick one. Do you have okay. a preference in terms of what genre you like to work in? Or the other question is, are there other specific genres that you'd be interested in trying to get into that you haven't tried? Mm, that's interesting. So let's try that. Because you might um, not have an answer. You know, you've done mostly right. fantasy. Yes, I've done mostly so. fantasy, which works out well for me because I love, I've always loved fantasy. That's kind of my genre anyway, That. Like when I go pick up a book, I usually go towards YA fantasy. Mm -hmm. Um, So that works out well for me. Um, And I, I, yeah, I just, I really like, I love, I love like the open-ended imaginative aspects of fantasy. Yep. Um, But I would be totally open to to trying other things. I I would probably end up wanting to stick with genres that I personally read. Like I don't I wouldn't want to do horror or thriller or any of that stuff. Like I don't like scary things. That's not, that's not for me. I don't want to draw Mm -hmm. scary art. Um, So I, I, I've kind of, and I've, I've experimented with kind of creating my own books that me, that aren't really books. Like I started one that like it's called um, what the magpie stole and it's not a book. It's nothing. I just wanted to create a book cover called what the magpie stole. And it's a magpie with like a ribbon and the ribbon turns into the letters. And it ended up looking kind of like this, like mystery book. I don't Hmm. know. So I would be totally open to trying other stuff, but I think I would want to have it be a book that I also would want to read. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I'm just trying to think of like, uh, I guess I can, I'm imagining what that would be like from like an author perspective, just like writing little ditties that might not end up turning into anything. But I guess that's what pre-made covers are, right? Right. I've yeah. seen a lot of professional cover artists that when they're not commissioned to do work, they're spending their time putting together covers that look beautiful and amazing. Then they just put them up for sale right. as pre-made covers. Have you ever considered doing something like that? Maybe down and I have, I have done some of that just oh, as okay. practice. Yeah. I haven't like uploaded them to anything, but okay. I just, just practice to get, um, to understand my style better and to understand the programs that I'm working on better and understand design better and be like, okay, why did this book cover turn out? And why did this one kind of flop? And so that it, I just use it as exercise and as practice. Which is it's so important in everything that we do, the practice. I totally get right. that. Mm-hmm. So is that what you're doing often when you're not working on specific covers? Are you creating pre-made covers kind of maintain or build inspiration and practice or do you have other pieces of fine or digital art that you like to do? I do like to switch it up quite a bit. Um, I feel, I I find myself noticing that I'm more creative when I switch up the media. So like, I really like printmaking. I really like just sketching. I just like going out with a pencil and a paper and I just draw things. Um, I've actually always been really into storytelling. Like I growing up, that was kind of my, my therapy when my parents would leave and I was in the house all by myself, I'd run to my room and go onto the computer so I could work on my stories. Uh, As I've gotten older, I'm realizing I hate writing, but I love storytelling. 
Um, so I've kind of been toying around with the idea of doing like a graphic novel. Okay. Um, it's it, so I've actually started one. Okay. It's very, I, and I'm starting small because it's a very daunting task to be like, okay, you need to think of a good plot line. You've got to have good characters. There's, you've got your whole story to create, which is tricky enough anyway. And then you've got to illustrate every single bit of it. So I've started out small with basically just a little scene. I've just created this kind of little fantasy scene about um, based off of a drawing I've already done with a girl. She's got like a glowing orb and there's an owl behind her made out of snow. Um, And so I've kind of created a little scene, a little story in how that came about how that scene came about and I'm just testing it out I'm just trying something new just to see how it goes because I I've loved the storytelling process and I love helping John with with his books but um but I don't I don't like the writing process Mm -hmm. I don't I'm not good with words I I'm sure you've noticed that I stumble on my words a lot it's just not something that I haven't actually oh good okay (laughs) so Um, it's just not something I'm good at it is words and so I I'm I've been enjoying kind of toying with this idea of storytelling with pictures Uh um but I I've kind of I've anyway I, I also like pattern design I like doing just kind of illustrative stuff. Um, I do what you do where you listen to music and just let images come to mind and story ideas come to mind. And I, I, I do that a lot actually. Um, and so I just, I don't know, I just kind of goof around and do whatever I feel like. And I find that that fills my creative well and gives me more ability to do the cover art for these people that are reaching out to me. I think that's really amazing um, and probably pretty fulfilling. I mean, even though you're not selling these things, you still have like this portfolio of art that you've created. That's unique. It's yours. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just something satisfying about creating that, whatever it is. And right. knowing like, I don't know where that came from, but it's beautiful. And, you know, having that portfolio might be good as well. If should you want to start um, doing more work for other people, right? Selling right, right. your own services cover our wise later on. Sometimes I feel silly that like, it's so obvious that I have ADD because I do like pattern design and just do some, I do drawings, graphite drawings. And, you know, like I'm kind of all over the place, but I do find that it helps me when I do focus on something. I do find that all of those different avenues that I've tried um, have helped me to have like a more well-rounded approach to some Mm -hmm. of these things. Absolutely. That makes total sense. So this is interesting. This this just came to mind while you were describing this, because obviously it's clear that unless someone is both a designer and an author, more than likely they're going to have different thought processes when it comes to the cover, which is fine. Totally acceptable. Mm -hmm. But is there any advice? And if you need a minute to think about this, totally understand. Is there any advice that you could give to authors when they are working with cover artists to make the cover artist's job easier? Mm. like just to work with them what types of details are helpful i mean you've already you've already touched on things like what's this character their emotions kind of um their personality where they're afraid of those types of things but like what is the most helpful like what can an author do to make you as a designer most successful in creating a cover for them hmm that is okay let me yeah i need th- i need a second to think about that yeah yeah no um, worries you can take a moment Cause I feel like the most helpful thing for me is, and we've kind of touched on this a little bit is 
like if they come to me knowing very clearly the feeling for their book, Mm -hmm. if they could be concise about, I want people to look at this and get this feeling, this feeling, and this feeling. Um, Because, because there's so many different ways and so many different like images you could do. Mm -hmm. But if, if they're picking up a book expecting it to be a steamy romance and it's not a steamy romance because for some reason I like the cover artist used like the wrong font or, you know, like it can be so the, your expectations can change how you read a book and whether you like a book. Mm -hmm. And so if you, if they can come to me, I want people to pick up this book and have such and such and such expectation for the feeling of the book and what they're going to get out of it just based off this image and based off this feeling that this image creates. I think that's the most important thing for me. Um, And something that has been a struggle um, with me and John in particular, actually, as we're trying to think about re um, doing the covers for his first series, we've kind of had a hard time pinning down like what kind of feeling we want for it. And so I go down a certain route and I'm like, okay, this feels good. And he's like, no, it's not the right feeling. And at the end of the day, you've got to have the right feeling. Everybody trusts their gut. Right. Um, And so the times that we really pin down what the right feeling is, is, is when we finally find the right direction. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. And that's admittedly not, I guess I have thought about it. I just haven't explicitly had that conversation with a cover artist before, but I can see how Mm -hmm. it would be really important to have that known by both parties so that as you're working on and you're designing this cover, it comes out with the, the specific emotional, responses i guess right <laughs> you're and maybe, to and feel maybe i'm things. going about this the wrong way maybe uh, because i'm a very emotional person i do everything i make decisions uh-huh. based off of my feelings right and not everybody is that way that's fair um, and, and and so i don't really think that there would be any one way or one one avenue that a cover artist wants to go. But for me, when I p- pick up a book, I want to have an emotional response. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to have a feeling about it. Mm-hmm. And, and so I want to do that the same with the covers that I create. I want people to pick it up and be like, Ooh, that feels cool. Or that uh-huh. feels interesting. Or this looks exciting, you know, or it at least met my expectations. I mean, right. when, when you see covers and this hasn't happened to me often, but it has happened before when you see a cover and you get some kind, you read the back, you get some expectation of what you think it's going to be like, mm-hmm. and not even like the story is going to be a certain way. Cause you can never know what the story is actually going to have to be, but right. it ends up being something like a steamy romance. You're like, well, that's right. not what the cover said, right? Like, like this is not what just, I expected. Yeah. That's not what I expected. And so you want to at least deliver somewhat what they're expecting, whether it be fantasy, right. you know, high fantasy, or like fiction, mystery, those types of things. Right. Or a Western. Yep. Like if I was picking up a book that looked like a sci-fi book and it ended up being a Western, I wouldn't leave a very good review because I had an expectation for what this book was supposed to be. Yep. And I think that there's, there's just a lot to be said about expectations and, and what a book cover presents creates an expectation mm-hmm. just like if you're about to go down the stairs and you think there's one more step and there's not 
you're going to trip and you're going to fall. And, and I feel like it, the expectation is everything. And, and it can decide whether or not a person loves or doesn't love your book based off of what they perceived initially. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. So it sounds like based on, based on current circumstances, you're mostly only working with your husband, John's books, as well as maybe some close friends and family. Do you ever intend on selling your services as a cover artist more broadly? Yeah, I do. I I think so. Um, So far, I really, I really like the process. I don't feel like I am at a point right now with, with circumstances, with being a mom with young kids Mm -hmm. that I can really, um, open that up because right now I'm struggling to get the book covers done that I already have. Yep. Right. Um, but, and, and as I'm getting better at it, the more I'm seeing that I, I would really enjoy doing this. I really like working with people and really love talking to them about their books and their stories and, and, and trying to create an image that like puts the encapsulates their books with just one image. I, I think that's such an interesting challenge and has been really fun. So I, I do see that being a part of my future for sure. Um, hopefully sooner than later, but, um, but for now we're, I'm starting small. <laughs> the future is so there's all sorts of possibilities. It's very bright, right? Anything right, can happen. Right. Mm-hmm. So that being said, given that you, you know, you aren't selling your work, is there anywhere that people that are listening can go to see your work? Is there anywhere you'd like to send them where they can see more about you or the covers that you've done? Um, so I am working on a website right now, but it's not re- officially published. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the best place is probably just our Instagram account. It's John and Kim creative awesome. um, where I, I post reels where there's time lapses of some of my drawings um, and Wednesdays are my day to put my art up. So that's probably the best place to see what I'm working on right now. Or if you'd like to buy the final air by John Monson. Yep, that would Kim do it. did that cover as well uh-huh. as Obelisk, it sounds like. Yes, Obelisk by Rachel Lynn Fluellen. By Rachel Lynn Fluellen. Excellent. And the, of course, the, the I'm trying to recall the, the Sun and the Raven yeah, series the Raven is the series. name of the series, right? By John Monson. Yep. So some of some of your work. Well, I appreciate yeah. you joining me today. I, I hope you yeah. have an excellent week and I hope thank to you, talk to you, you again sometime. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. I hope you found that as interesting as I did. Um, cover art is something that is uh, so important when you're publishing your book. But for me, uh, personally, uh, I just have no art skills. So I'm always wildly impressed with the cover artists that put their minds, their design abilities to the test and can come up with these beautiful covers for our books. So if you have questions about finding a cover artist, uh, I can help you if you if you want to know where maybe I source my cover art, or if you're looking to learn more about what Kim does, you can contact me at authordkenner at gmail.com, or of course, www.dankenner.com. Um, you can message me there and I will get back to you. I appreciate you joining me today, and I hope that you join me next week. Bye.